Yeah, community is really important. And, you know, in society, we know there's a there's a stigma for talking about mental health. And, you know, we're, we're maybe getting a little better in that. But, you know, and in the legal field, like you talked about, the sort of the badge of courage of building a lot of hours and being adversarial, um, you know, but in the end, you, know, you need that community. Welcome to today's show. Today, I'm so thrilled because, I, you know, I, honestly, I'm not always thrilled to talk to lawyers, but today I'm really excited to talk to Mike. Mike, will you please tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. Thanks so much, Todd. Um, so, yeah, my name is Mike Kasdan. Uh, I'm an intellectual property lawyer. Uh, I work at a law firm called Wigan and Dana, uh, and I'm full service intellectual property. I work on patents and trademarks, so technology and brand. Uh, I work with large companies, but also really like working with emerging companies. And cool. I really like working with emerging technologies. I love it. It's such a big deal. I mean, how many people do you see out there with awesome IP or awesome you know, things that they do and it's really unique and they don't protect it. Yeah. It's got to make you cry a little bit. Yeah, no, exactly. I think, you know, I've always been kind of entrepreneurial myself. And so it's exciting to learn about, you know, people's businesses and people's stories. And a lot of the times, you know, intellectual property is at the heart of that and you have to be smart and strategic about it. So that's an area that I really like, uh, you know, helping people work through. I love it. You know, a lot of people listening to the show are, are kind of in that boat, I'm guessing, where they've they've launched a business, they kind of dialed their their business into where they know they're they're going to hone in on, and uh, sometimes launched everyone's scattered and they're kind of all over the place. Sure. But but at this point, our listener is on this journey of focus and honing in on their on their real IP that's working. How do they start thinking about what can I protect versus what should I protect versus? You know what I mean? Like, tell us how you help people because this, this is a big deal for our audience. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a big area to think through. And a lot of times you're at that startup phase and you're really, uh, you're resource constrained in terms of how much time you have and how much money you have. Right. Um, and, you know, probably the last thing that people want to do is, is sit down with a lawyer and pay a lawyer to do this. But I think it's also a really important right. time to be smart and strategic and efficient about doing that and to do it well. Um, but, you know, the different buckets that you can think about at that out outset are, you know, do I have some technology that's worth protecting with a patent? Um, do I, am I building right. a brand that's worth protecting with a trademark that I want to build around and, um, and associate right. with, with, you know, quality or luxury? Um, you know, do I have content? of all sorts, you know, whether it's music or art, you know, or, or things that you're writing um, or videos, right? Um, monetizing that content, protecting that content, which falls in the area of copyright. Uh, sometimes you just have stuff right. that you need to keep secret and under lock and key, like trademark. Um, so you think through those, right. those four main buckets, um, think through what, what to protect, like offensively for yourself, um, but yeah, also be yeah. smart about not getting yourself into trouble by stepping on someone else's stuff. So looking at kind of both offensively and defensively, <laughs> Um, and I think just an early, early meeting where you're like, this is my product. This is my focus. These are my competitors. This is what I think makes me different. Um, having a meeting and saying yeah. what's the right bucket to choose early on, I think is really important. I, I think everything you said is really smart. And all four of those buckets are things that most people don't think about. You know, even if something as simple as this podcast, when I relaunched this podcast, I relaunched it as what it takes to scale podcast. Yep. And, and I literally had produced like six episodes and I got a cease and desist letter from somebody for the terms, what it takes. And I was like, oh, are you God. kidding me? Somebody <laughs> trademarked what it takes. And I totally had to rebrand all over again. So, so 
who should be thinking of this? Who should be who should be like proactively researching a little bit to figure out what is not trademarked and copyrighted and what are my permissions to do what yeah. I'm doing? So that is, yeah. So that's a story. It's not an uncommon one. And sometimes people do have no. trademarks that you look at and you're surprised. Um, but the, you know, the advice yeah. that we usually give is if you're investing into creating a brand, um, like take this podcast, for example, right? You have artwork, you have a title, um, you're going to be advertising and promoting right. it and picking a name. Um, so when you're picking a name um, for something um, or you're launching a new product or feature, um, it makes sense yeah. to do a search. And you can do a search yeah. um, and it's always better to kind of know, I think, uh, to be smart at a point where you can say, oh, okay, someone's got a trademark on that. There's some risk there. I'm going to choose this different name. Right. Uh, it becomes a little harder down right. the road when you've already invested money and people already know the brand. Then there's a, it's a little more painful to switch, right? Um, so doing that kind of an early stage. Yeah, I'm, I'm, glad is, is I, I'm glad I got it early. Yeah, I'm glad I got it early, like <laughs> the first 10 Definitely. episodes because – it was still painful because I put a lot of money into the brand and all that kind of stuff, but you know what? It, whatever. It, it goes. It goes. Yeah. It's so, never so fun, now, but better early than late. Totally. Totally. So as you have like, as you are in this business of helping businesses figure this stuff out, I mean, you guys are kind of all over the place. I noticed you guys have offices all up and down the East Coast and, and you're even, um, you know, you've grown to the capacity of now where you're you're also helping other lawyers with some issues that they're dealing with. Tell us what else you're, who else are you helping? Yeah. So yeah, thanks for asking. So, so yeah, Wigan and Dana is up and down the East coast and, you know, we have an initiative that we just launched called Wigan X, which is really focused on startups and working side by side with startups on some of these issues. What do you cool. protect? How do you avoid risk? What types of agreements you do? Um, but it. I have my own uh, separate venture, which I started in early 2022 um, called lawyering while human. Um, and the focus Love of lawyering it. while human thanks, um, is, is really on, um, on human centric leadership, but also on, on mental health and well-being, uh, which is an issue for all of us, uh, in the world as humans. For sure. Um, but you know, lawyers, um, tend to be kind of high on that list that you don't want to be on in terms of the industries that have the most, you know, <laughs> depression and anxiety and substance abuse and burnout. Um, you know, there are right. a lot of hallmarks right. that come with stress. Um, right. And so um, so I've been working in that field um, through lawyering while human um, for, you know, a little over a year and a half now, uh, working with law firms, um, work, speaking to law students uh, yeah. and really focusing yeah. on culture change, organizational change, and also some individual stuff that I think is helpful. I think it's so cool because, you know, reputation wise, lawyers definitely have a reputation of, of working probably a little harder than they should a lot of the time. And uh, it's almost expected of you to be 80 yeah. plus hours a week, which isn't many the carry it like lifestyle. a badge of honor. Yeah. People yeah, carry that yeah, around they carry like, like a badge, badge of honor, of honor. <laughs> until they pass out. <laughs> yeah, it's not. So in the end, you know, as it turns out, um, you know, and I've been there, done that, um, but it's not really a sustainable way to have a business, um, yeah. even though it's yeah. really embedded in the culture uh, of the legal business. Um, yeah. So I think there's a really great business case. In the end, you know, we're selling our brains, right? The ability yeah. as, as advisors to be smart and strategic and help folks when they get into problems or, or, or when they're building companies. Um, so so I think it, it behooves us to spend the time to take care of our own brains um, I think right. it's better bottom line for everyone. I am so glad you're here. And I just wanted to take a few seconds to tell you about a program that we have assembled with a lot of our podcast guests and a lot of people who are listening to the show who are feeling the same way that they do. 
There's a recurring theme. You'll hear a lot of these founders talk about, I couldn't have done it without my team. I couldn't have done it without a, a support group of peers. I couldn't have done it without having someone to talk to that understood my feeling of isolation as an operator of my business. You see, you're not alone. It is hard running a business and it's even harder when you know you can't express all your deepest concerns and frustrations with your executive team. It makes them nervous. It gets them scared. You don't want scared people on your executive team. So where do you turn? The Captain's Council is where you turn. The Captain's Council it is an organization that we are put together with podcast guests, as well as people who are listening who are in the same boat. You see, peers are the only ones that can give you the type of empathy, the type of advice that only a founder or operator know and understand. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com. I know you're going to love what you see there. We have put together an organizational structure that has small group settings, a global community of founders and operators, as well as monthly and quarterly in-person events. You're going to love what you see there. I can't wait for you to check it out and enjoy the rest of this episode. Now, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I do have some lawyers in the family, and uh, I'm, I'm going to particularly share this episode with them because knowing that there are resources like you out there are super helpful to them. And, uh, you know, just having a community of like-minded industry people is such a smart move for any of you listening. Uh, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a SaaS company, whether you're a, it doesn't even matter what you are. Having a community of people who are doing what you're doing is so much more helpful than you think. And, and I appreciate you for building a community around the health and well-being of lawyers because let's face it, I mean, only people in your industry really know the struggles and pain that you're dealing with, in my opinion. Yeah, community is really important. And, you know, in society, we know there's a there's a stigma for talking about mental health. And, you know, we're, we're yeah. maybe getting a little better in that. But, you know, and in the legal field, like you talked about the sort of the badge of courage of building a lot of hours and being adversarial, right. um, you know, but in the end, you, know, you need that community. Um, and, and I think it's, it's, uh, it's been a real pleasure to be able to be involved. And, um, and Love I think it. when we're being authentic and really connecting, it's something that, you know, almost everyone relates to. Um, so it's, it's right been on. exciting work. I love it. Okay. So now that we know what your business does and we know what you're, you're, you're doing on the side to help your industry, talk to us about the business. I mean, tell us about your growth journey, because that's what everyone loves to hear is, how have you been able to take and grow up and down the coastline with, with your law business? And then also a little bit of insights into how the last year and a half is going on the other project. Yeah. I mean, I think for Wigan and Dana, it's been really exciting um, to be a part of that growth. Um, I, I came to Wigan um, having worked at a really big law firm and then a little boutique law firm. And Wigan's kind of in the middle. I came there about nine years ago to start their uh, intellectual property litigation and licensing practice. And, uh, cool. you know, when I came, I think Wigan was pretty well known as a Connecticut based law firm, uh, yeah. office in New Haven, a lot of history. Um, but you know, over these past years, we've really, um, grown, um, and, and to, to be kind of a, a national law firm with offices up and sure. down the East coast. And I think the way we've done that, um, it's always a combination of things, right. Um, but focusing on, on really high quality people, bringing in really high quality people and being strategic, 
about the yeah. groups that we want to grow. Like we looked at yeah. intellectual property and we looked at the way the world is trending and we looked at our, our early stage group and our ability to work with startups. And we said, those are two areas right. we really want to focus on and grow. Um, and they right. complement each other and thinking about where to do that. So growing our New York office, uh, you know, putting an office down in DC, but, but really it starts with, with bringing in really great people. Um, and I Love think that. also having a, a really great collaborative culture. Um, so, you know, being smart and strategic about where to grow uh, and then bringing in the right people and having a culture in which they can thrive. Um, I think that's that's the best way to kind of make it happen. And I think for Loring while human, um, you know, started as 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 just me saying, hey, we should be talking about this mental health stuff more. Right. Um, but again, I think it comes back to community, finding a community of like minded people um, connecting into the folks who are directors of well-being at law firms or working at this and right. bar association, plugging into large groups that you can scale into uh, has been a right. really important part of reaching, reaching more people. And I would imagine that your insights that you're gaining from working with other firms and working with other practices is probably giving you a lot of insight as to how your industry could grow and scale even more than what you've done already. Is that right? Yeah, no, absolutely right. I think I think we can only, yeah, yeah. The, 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 what you learn um, about work, from working with others about how you can scale, I think, is is really invaluable. Totally. Now, as you know, speaking from experience and and kind of jumping in late on the whole copywriting, uh, you know, backstory. <laughs> I, I've always, I've got a little brother-in-law who um, I call him little brother-in-law. He's taller than me, but he, <laughs> he. Uh, <laughs> He's, he's an amazing example to me of someone who is um, kind of, he works for an organization, a coaching consulting group, and they have intellectual property that they've based it, their entire training curriculum on. And over the years, as I used to tease him, you know, boy, what a great business. All you do is teach them accountability and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they've now grown yeah. this company into this massive IP uh, storage unit where they've been able to consume and consolidate with other owners of intellectual property and build a massive fortune 100 training organization with tons of really cool IP. And I'm, and I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot saying, man, you guys are really smart as opposed to teasing them <laughs> as I've done all these years, you know? And so yeah. I really appreciate this argument of, of protecting IP. Why are so many people, unsure of how to do this it's not that complicated of a process how do you yeah do you, no <laughs> yeah folks some holes yeah, in this who should be thinking about it <laughs> no it's an, it's an interesting point i mean first of all i think the, the interesting point is first of all a lot of times we think about ip as this very techie nerdy right. like you have to be a tech company to have ip right. and, and to your point your example is is a great one but not a rare one um right that's right. a coaching company but they're their centerpiece is their intellectual property. It happens to be copyrighted 100%. content, not like a semiconductor chip or source code, <laughs> right. um, but it's right. really crucial to what they do. Um, and so hugely I think, you know, valuable. Hugely valuable. Um, yeah. I, I think this is getting better, um, but I think, um, you know, I think we need to do a better job educating entrepreneurs um, and, and C-suite folks um, about right. IP and how it intersects with business, uh, business strategy. Um, once a year I teach or twice a year, um, I teach IP for entrepreneurs down at the NYU uh, Entrepreneurship Center, um, just cool. on kind of how to issue spot um, and, and kind of when to do the things, how to be smart and strategic about it. Uh, I think we need some more of that because like you said, um, yeah. it, isn't, yeah. it isn't rocket science, but it requires some thought and some intentionality. Totally. Totally. I, I think it's really cool what you're doing. I, I, um, 
you're the first person I met that that's your specialty. And I think that it's, it's a really fascinating thing. A lot of you listening, like a lot of you listening, you really need to be paying attention and reach out to, excuse me, reach out to Mike uh, as you're listening to this, because I think that, uh, and we'll put his contact info in the show notes, but make sure you're reaching out to someone like Mike, because I can't tell you enough how important it is to protect yourself. And, you know, a lot of people worry about, you know, they get the non-competes and they get the, all these things set up with their employees. I Protecting IP is probably way more important than a non-compete. Because if you really want to protect how your business does what it does, a non-compete is almost unenforceable in a lot of states. But IP is protected. Will you explain the difference of that and, and help us, like, clarify why this is so critical and almost more important than those ever elusive non-compete agreements. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are things that you can do by agreements and sometimes people have boilerplate agreements and it's easy to say, here's our employment agreement and it includes right. this covenant not to compete and this covenant not to solicit. And, um, but, but I think, you know, the IP thing, um, it, it's, I think it's, it's, there's so much else that folks are focusing on, um, you know, making sure you have a viable product or service and, and hiring people and getting investors and getting customers. Um, I think that's why, and it seems kind of this specialized area and you have to pay someone for it. Um, but to me, the value of getting just a consult at that early stage, just to say like, you know, have an hour meeting and say, Hey, what what should I be thinking about now on the IP side? Um, and, and taking a minute to pause, even though all those other things have to happen, um, yeah. you know, being smart about it earlier, like you said, and getting it protected um, is going to serve you really well in the future. And making sure you're not infringing on someone else's. <laughs> yep. Offensive and defensive always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny. It's funny. So, so as you, um, as you work with these companies who are in that growth mode and in that growth phase where they really need to start thinking about protecting themselves, what are some other lessons that you've seen and been able to help people through uh, as they're growing that have really been a huge benefit to them later on down the road? Um, so a couple couple quick takeaways or pieces of advice. Um, one, um, have simple agreements. Um, there's so many instances where I'll, where I'll come to an early stage company uh, or company that was formed among friends um, yeah. and they're creating a bunch of IP and doing a bunch of stuff for the company. And then six months later, there's creative differences and it breaks up Um, and coming in at that point and I say, okay, well, what's the agreement say? And they say, oh, there's no agreement. Um, So having a very simple agreement at the earliest stage can be a page um, is really, really important. Um, The other thing is, you know, be smart about the landscape out there that you're walking into. Um, Do some searches, right? You're coming out with a new product or a new technology. See what else is out there that's close. See what other people have. Um, You're looking to get a snazzy name for your company, like do a search, make sure it's clear. So I think those, those couple things like simple agreements um, and, and being smart about the landscape by doing searches early. uh, It's a couple, couple pieces of advice. Because really until you really know what your IP is and until you really know what that core product is going to evolve into, it's really hard to do a complex agreement at the, at the onset of a business. Absolutely. Yeah. It's gotta be pretty basic. Um, and look, like the, the, the IP and what your company turns into and evolves into, um, there can be twists and turns in that, right? And sometimes your initial focus is not what you end up pivoting to. Um, right. But I think, you know, making sure that, that you have the basics in place and that when you do um, come to those moments where you're like, hey, I think this 
this is the feature that makes us great, or this is our differentiator, right. um, then right. saying, okay, let's think about how we can protect that with, with whether it's a trademark or a patent or a trade secret, figuring out those, those differentiators and then saying, okay, how do we, how do we build around that from an IP perspective? That, that's the conversation you want to have. I love it. I love it. Big mistakes. Uh, uh, things that you see people that you're wondering how in the world did you make it this far without doing that? What are some of those types of things we should be looking out for? Um, so I think from an IP perspective, um, big mistakes can be, um, disclosing your invention before getting your, your patent on file, your provisional patent on file. So, you know, writing an article or showing someone your products without an NDA, uh, those can, those can, uh, destroy the ability uh, to get a patent. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that, that's a big one that you see, right? Someone, cause sometimes it comes in an informal context, like, um, you know, I have a design competition at school and I just showed it there. Um, those types of things. So being, being thoughtful and talking to a lawyer before that to get something on file. I think that that's a good one. Cool. Great advice. Great advice. Now, honestly, I've said this twice already in the show, but if you're listening and you're wondering, should I be thinking about this? You probably should be. If you're listening to this thinking, I'm already protected, maybe you should rethink it. Because I, I think that truthfully, no one loves to dump a bunch of money into a lawyer, but trust me, you want to be proactive with the, with the legal team to get these things protected before it's too late. Because that's when lawyers get really expensive is when you're trying to protect something that wasn't set up right from the start. Am I right? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I think, you know, lawyers that work with startups like myself, you have to be efficient. Um, yeah. And you have, and sometimes you're like better to pay for an hour of time early than, you know, a lot more than that down the line. No doubt. No doubt about it. Well, I appreciate you taking time to do this with us. You know, I, I ask this of everyone that's on the show, but is there someone in your immediate circle that you have looked to and leaned on for some mentoring as you've been going through this build out of these businesses? Um, yeah, I would love, um, to give a shout out, um, to, uh, to Jessica Cherry. Um, I love met it. her through the Institute for Wellbeing and Law. She's part of that, uh, community of people oh, cool. focused on, uh, on health and wellbeing. Um, and she's, uh, She's out there. She does a lot of writing and she has her own podcast now focusing on the workplace and um, just finding that community Fantastic. and finding other voices like that has been tremendous. I love it. I love it. Well, Mike, I appreciate you taking the time and honestly, um, it, it, valuable, valuable info today. I, I really, I honestly love it because this is something that's been fresh on my mind. I just recently copyrighted some IP and it's, um, it's huge. I mean, I, I can't believe that I was going as long as I had without doing that. And uh, big, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So start thinking about it. Mike, what's the best place for them to reach out to you and your firm? Um, yeah, so I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. Uh, the firm website is uh, www.wigan.com. Um, if you want to find me and talk about the Lawyering While Human, that's uh, www.lawyeringwhilehuman.com. Um, I love that. And yeah, you can find me find me easily easily on LinkedIn or other social media places. <laughs> right on, right on. Thanks again for being here. And for those listening, we'll catch you on the next episode and protect yourself between now and then. We'll catch you then. Thanks, Mike. What did you think of that? I loved it. I, I learned so much from that interview. And, and honestly, it's very fresh on my mind because I recently copyrighted some intellectual property of some growth and scaling practices that we introduced in our community. 
Yes, our community, the Captain's Council, if you haven't heard already, the community of the Captain's Council is so incredibly awesome. We take CEOs and founders just like you, and we put you into small groups of intimate groups that can talk about the challenges and growth objectives that you have in play month to month, every single month with the same group of people. We have a global community that we're filling with hundreds of other, of other CEOs and founders, but your intimate group is there for you. It's designed for people just like you to share those concerns, those questions, those things you don't really wanna to talk to your investors about, the things you don't really want your key employees to know about that you're stressing about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. We all have that stuff and to share it with an intimate group is so important. Just like our guest today was talking about that group of lawyers and how they help each other through the mental health awareness, mental health issues that they're facing. That's you too. Anyone listening to this episode, you've got to engage with us in captainscouncil.com. Come check it out. We welcome you to the community and we hope you've become a part of our team. Thanks so much for being here and we can't wait to catch you on the next episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast.